Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Most of us have heard these words before, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Do you know where those words came from? Those are the opening words of King David's famous Psalm 23. Since it is often read at funerals, for many of us, it is a personal psalm. In reality, Psalm 23 is a psalm of trust and confidence, yet it does not hide the danger and hard times of life. Instead, Psalm 23 comes along to remind us of the Lord's kindness, goodness, and protection. We are sure you will hear the voice of the Lord in this psalm. Here's Pastor Jim in part one of his message, The Shepherd and His People. Psalm 23, a uh, psalm of David. I'm going to read the whole thing through. If you're following along, you know, read, read along. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, this is not an easy story for me to tell. I'm going to make it quick. It was one month after 9-11, after the terrorists had bombed the World Trade Center, it was one month later. It was a beautiful, beautiful fall morning. Sun was shining. It was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and it was a time of great national confusion. A, a man was in the hospital, and this man was singing Psalm 23 to his beloved dying father. And before he knew it, that man who was in his arms passed away. That man was me. And I sang that song to my father. I sang Psalm 23 to my father because it was his favorite chapter in the Bible. And it is the most beloved of all the Psalms. Nine years ago, here at our church on a Wednesday night, we were doing the Through the Bible format where we go rapidly. We've sort of taken a break from that format during this season. And we did Psalm 22 and 23 in one night. If you recall, we did Psalm 23 on, um, Psalm 22, sorry, on Good Friday. But now things are different. Once again, we find ourselves in a period of great national confusion. And so Psalm 23 is not going to be combined with anything else. And we're actually going to take three nights to go through this beautiful, beautiful Psalm. Why is, why? Because it's so well known. I mean, just listen to verse one. Just listen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So many people know those words. They may not know where it came from. They may not know who wrote it, but they know those words. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Psalm 23 is actually not easy to preach. And the reason for that is so many people own this psalm for themselves. So many people have their own kind of 
time they remember of reciting this psalm or even people who don't really follow Jesus, they've, they've, they've heard of it before. And so they sort of think about it in their own way. It's also, as you just saw from me, it's very emotional for a lot of people. It's, it's often read at funerals and it and often brings to mind the death of someone whom you loved greatly. When I was a boy, I felt like my whole life, all I did was I went to wakes and funerals. My grandmother had uh, 13 brothers and sisters. Uh, two of them were nuns, but the others were all married, and she was the oldest, and she outlived all of them. She lived just before, just shy of 100. And so uh, all we did, it seemed to me, like was we were going to wakes and funerals all the time. And I would complain to my mother, brat that I was, and I would say, Mom, why in the world do we have to go to all of these wakes and funerals? And I'll never forget my mother saying this to me. She said, we go to them for the living, not for the deceased. And in reality, though Psalm 23 is often read at funerals, it is a psalm for the living because it makes us think about the Lord as we go through life. Psalm 23 is... Uh, a psalm of trust and confidence in the Lord, yet, and this is one of the things I love about the Bible, it doesn't hide the dangers and hard times of life. Let's be honest for a second. Just totally honest. Despite what is often a lot of the hype of church, what is often a lot of the hype of sermons, like everything is all great, rah-rah, you know, trying to get the troops to push the ball down the field, almost, almost like a football game. Sometimes life can be pretty scary, can it? And life can be pretty difficult. And life can be pretty discouraging at times. And this psalm comes along at the right time into our lives to remind us of the Lord's kindness and his goodness to remind us of his protection and even of his hospitality while never forgetting how hard life can be. This psalm is very, very personal. And because it's so personal, the way it's written, it transfers easily to all of us and it provides comfort to us in the most difficult times of life. We begin with the heading, A Psalm of David. David, as if you've been with us the past few weeks, you know this, if not, I'm just telling you, David was the gold standard of kings in Israel. He lived about a thousand years uh, before Jesus was born, and he was the one, all the kings wanted to be like him. Uh, his writings show us the great intimacy that he had with the Lord, and I think that he encourages us that we can get there too. Now, we'll talk a little bit about all the things that happened in his life that maybe weren't so good. But when we went through the Psalms, we went through all of them as a congregation on Wednesday nights. I kept saying this expression, I know he had a lot of problems, but man, the brother could write. There would be times when I would read things that he would write and I would be like, man, that guy is so tight with God something that my soul just absolutely longs for. And so the idea um, of the Lord or Yahweh uh, being a shepherd to his people was very, very popular in Old Testament times. However, David says it this way 
the Lord is my shepherd. And that little word, my, actually might be the reason why this psalm is so popular because it makes it so personal. Now, we have to be careful and because we have to always remember that we're, when we read the Bible, we're reading about ancient people 3,000 years ago, and we are modern people, I guess, if you will. If the Lord doesn't return, some people will refer to us as ancient people. <laughs> but, but as we think about these things, as the, the ancients needed to make the Lord more personal than we do. But American Christians, we need to make it more, the Lord more communal than we do. So while David says the Lord is my shepherd, people would raise their eyebrows. We might want to raise eyebrows when we say to people, the Lord is our shepherd and think very differently about it. A lot of people know Psalm 23, but it's probably more popular and became more popular in the United States than anywhere else. No doubt, a lot of that has to do with our American individualism. We read the Bible often as it just pertains about me and my walk with Jesus, when in reality, if you carefully read the Bible, a lot of the yous that are there are plural, and a lot of it is written to the people of God, the Old Testament written to the Israelites, a lot of the New Testament written to churches. And so we want to be very much aware of our American individualism because the job of a shepherd is what? To watch the flock. That, that is the job. Watch the flock. Now, they don't send a shepherd out just with one sheep. They send them out with a flock. And the church is known as a flock. And a lone sheep from the flock that is off on their own. There's a lot of independent Christians out there what does the Bible describe such people as? Jesus describes such sheep as being lost. Now, I know a lot of people have been hurt by the church. I know a lot of people have. Um, I've had times in my life when I didn't think I was exactly treated the best way. Doesn't usually bother me because I'm just like, well, you know, we're all a bunch of sinners in the church and that's just the way it goes. And I'm fortunate I'm blessed with being able to not carry a lot of that stuff for a long time. But if you've been hurt by the church, I'm going to ask you this question, and I'm going to challenge you with this, and I think you're going to have some time to think about it. When all of this is over, would you give the church another try? If you're from this area, come here. Come here. Tell me. I'll meet with you. You want to tell me what happened? I'll be happy to talk with you about it and give the church another try. You see, the Lord wants us as a community of his people that are worshiping him and as individuals independently to be confident in what Psalm 23 talks a lot about is the Lord's protective care. And one of the functions of the church is to encourage the flock of God, is to care for, is to pray for one another, not lecture one another, but care for one another in our doubts and in our fears. Sheep are very skittish animals. And I think a lot of times, while the church is supposed to be the place of honesty, it's often the place of plasticity. There's a big word, huh? 
where a lot of people are just plastic and they think they have to look more spiritual than they are. And the only person who thinks you're more spiritual and I'm more spiritual than we are is us. (laughs) Nobody else really buys it. You see, it's easy for us because we live in such a materialistic society uh, to miss what King David, and he was very rich, is saying here. He's saying ultimately in this psalm, verse one, because the Lord is my shepherd, verse four, because he is with me, and verse five and six, because he sits me at his feast because of all of that, I shall not want. I shall not be in need. Yet it's all said out of, and and sometimes, you know, the church usually falls into two camps. It's all experiential, and some people are like, it's just too wacky for me. And then it can also be too intellectual, and some people are like, it's just too heady for me. But in reality, the Lord wants us to have a good head on our shoulders and to experience him in truth. And so David says everything that he says, and it is born out of an experience of the past, present, and future danger that he finds himself in. In other words, hang hang on to this one, please, loved ones. In other words... Crisis produces trust in David. Please let me say that again, because this is so critical to the times we find ourselves living in right now. Doesn't mean we're silly. Doesn't mean we don't care. Doesn't mean we don't take precautions. We are wise. But crisis produces trust in David. Now, I know that may seem odd to some of you. Some of you thought, I thought God's job was to make me happy. Isn't that what he is supposed to do? But crisis producing trust in you, in me, is a very, very important part of our Christian life. It's an important part of our faith. So let's jump in. We we don't know the circumstances upon which David is writing, but we do know that he appears to be in some sort of danger We'll talk a little bit more about that next week. And the Lord is with him. Now, let's just take a couple things we know about David. We know that he grew up as a shepherd boy. He wasn't come from the kingly line. He was the beginning of the kingly line, if you you will, the family line, the line of David. And he would become what was known as the shepherd of Israel. But who is David's shepherd? When we first started the church here, people would say to me, you know, well, my wife would say to me, well, who's your pastor? And, you know, there's certain men in my life that I would consider in that role. But I would say to her, ultimately, I'd say, you are. You're Pastor Pam, right? Because she's like, you're so busy, busy shepherding other people. What about you? And so David knew that the Lord was his shepherd. So that's why he writes, verse one, the Lord, or Yahweh, the covenant name of God, the Lord is my shepherd. He personalizes it. And because of that, he says, I shall not want. Another version says, I will lack nothing. So David refers to him 
in what we might call for his time, the, the, the name, the name of God, Yahweh. If you want to jot down in your notes, if you're taking notes, Exodus 3, you want to see when God speaks to Moses, that's who he is. He is the God who will be with Moses. Now, for us, the term Lord really probably in many ways often lacks intimacy. It's probably one of the reasons why we're encouraged to think of God as our Father, but that comes with some baggage for some people. Uh, but, but think of it in the sense of when I say it lacks intimacy, sometimes we just refer to the Lord. Oh, the Lord knows. Oh, Lord knows. Or, you know, I'll go talk to the Lord about it. So it's a very, very casual attitude. That's like me calling Pam the wife. I mean, you ever hear some guys talk? Guys, we know this. So you hear guys and they go, well, I talk to the wife or, or you know, what well, the wife or this. I never call Pam the wife. I never do. I say my wife, or a lot of you know, I say my Pam. Now that could be why followers of Jesus, and if you're not one, man, thank you for being here tonight. Way to go. Glad you're with us. And, but that could be why followers of Jesus like the name Jesus. As a common name, there's an intimacy there with that name. Now, Yahweh, we're told here by David, and we know in the scriptures, was also, in addition to being the creator God, was a shepherd. Now, what does a shepherd do? A shepherd lives with his flock. A shepherd travels with his flock. A shepherd, as we'll talk about in a bit, leads and feeds his flock. He, he guides and provides for his flock. Now, shepherding, we think probably because we're blinded by Christmas, we think it's sort of a nice thing, you know, those nativity scenes and stuff like that. And, uh, or you watch you know, Charlie Brown Christmas or something like that, and you think it's a nice thing. It was actually uh, very, very dirty work. It was lowly work. And if a family had sheep, the father was a shepherd, he would usually pass on that duty to watch the, the, the sheep to who? The youngest son. And that's who David was. He was the youngest son. And he got stuck with the dirty work. Now, pastors are to be shepherds. That may be, some of you may go, I know that. Some of you may say, I didn't really know that. Why wouldn't you know that? Well, because we live in the age of celebrity pastors. Talk about two words that should not be in the same sentence. Celebrity pastors. A lot of pastors are entitled. A lot of pastors think that the people are to serve them. It's, it's, it's all backwards. I remember years ago, I was talking to an older woman and she was very, very wise. And she said to me, so, um, what do you think the Lord is doing with your life? And I said to her, well, I think God is calling me to be a pastor. I always felt weird saying that to people. And, you know, people would always have their advice or they'd say this or other people would look at you like, yeah, sure, or whatever it would be. But this woman just smiled. This is all she said. So you feel God has called you to be a shepherd. That's all she said. And it was like the angels from heaven had just come down and had a pronouncement from God. You feel called 
to get involved in the lives of people. I just smiled and I just kind of said, yeah, I guess that's what he's called me to be. And I remember walking away and saying to the Lord, point well taken, that pastors are to be shepherds. And they are to shepherd, as Peter says, the flock of God that is among them. And you can't shepherd a flock that you are never among. And so this psalm takes us through the daily routine of a shepherd, walking with them, resting with them, feeding with them, feeding them. Now that sounds nice, but also they had to protect them from enemies and other wild animals. And then eventually they would come home and they would enjoy the night get some rest. Now, that preparation for David uh, allowed David to see how Yahweh was both the shepherd of Israel and David's personal shepherd. You say, well, how so? Well, that would be in the sense that, that we, like the sheep, David knew this, are totally dependent on the shepherd for life. David knew if he didn't take care of his sheep, he'd come back and <laughs> they'd be in pieces. The, the wolves and the coyotes, whatever, they, whatever kind of wild animal, lions and bears, they would get at them. And so David knew that his life was the same way. That no matter how much power he had, no matter how wealthy he was, no matter how big his army was, that he was dependent on the shepherd for life. The old patriarch Jacob, he, he knew that. He said this, Genesis 48, 15. It says, and he blessed Joseph and said, that's his son, God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has fed me, another version says, has been my shepherd all my life long till this day. Jacob knew that his life all the way through, and he had quite a life, had been protected by God. So David is saying, Yahweh, the personal God, is my shepherd. Now, a lot of us know when you have little kids, you know, they pick up toys and they go, mine, mine. Some of you don't know that a couple of the ladies in our church banned me from being around toddlers in the church because I go into the room and I pick up a toy and I just yell, mine, mine, and they all run at me saying, mine, mine, and then I leave. And then they're like, you, you rile up the kids, Pastor Jim. Don't come in here anymore. And, and so what does that mean when he says he's my shepherd? Is he like, he's mine, he's mine. Does that mean that the Lord belongs to David exclusively? Well, yes and no. Does the Lord only belong to David? No. Is no one else except Yahweh ultimately his shepherd? Yes. So he personally belongs to Yahweh. Kings were often called the shepherds of the people. And King David knew that in the people's eyes, we just said this before, he was known as the shepherd of Israel. The king of Israel was the shepherd of Israel. But unlike a lot of the other kings who thought they were all it, David understood and knew that Yahweh was the true king and that Yahweh was the real power behind the throne. That he was the real king. And so David declares, he's my shepherd, he's my king, 
I will gladly live under the reign of Yahweh. I will gladly live under the reign of the king, the shepherd of Israel, the true king. Now, some of you go, well, that's easy for him. He's King David. Well, a lot of the other kings, nobody told them anything to do. They wouldn't have it. You think, well, well he's rich. He's a Bible writer. Yeah, I, I know. He, I, if you read the Bible, you know he messed up a few times, but, but, but he was the, God, the man after God's own heart. All true. But when we read the psalm and the psalms that he wrote, we can't forget the deep pain that this man went through. Some of it of his own making, a lot of it of his own making, but not all of it. And that deep pain, that experience of growing up as a shepherd, of dealing with the wild animals, of everything that happened in his life, that deep pain is what makes verse 1 a reality. Thank you for spending the last half hour with Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to help you deepen your relationship with Christ no matter where you are in your journey. Teaming with Changed by Love financially makes it possible to reach thousands, many more than you and I could reach on our own. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Please consider a generous gift today. Give safely and securely online at changedbyloveradio.org. You'll find our address there too if you'd rather send a check. You can always reach us by phone at 862-217-9686. It takes a team to encourage thousands. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney. changedbyloveradio.org.